You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting Station. Hi, stocks and cheap pops. That's right, everybody. It is Silicon Steve Valley, and we got Lottie Dottie. Oh, there it is, grooving once again. And what a show today. Hi, spots and cheap pops. We're going to run down everything going on from the releases to Triple H's reaction to Mickey James going to be headlining Royal Rumble. I'm kidding. But then we talk about AEW Battle of the Belts going up against Impact Wrestling. Bloody Dottie. We also have everything going on in professional wrestling. Did I knock your socks off there? How are you feeling in this busy week here on High Spots of Cheap Pops Wrestling? I'm dizzy, and, and yes, uh, I can confirm you actually did knock my socks off. They're nowhere to be found. So, like, it has been crazy, as you so beautifully put there, in terms of what's been going on in the world of wrestling. Um, many things going on in terms of different companies and just crossing forbidden doors we never saw even, like, approachable. And all of a sudden, it's happening. So it's sort of nuts right now. All things considered. This is a slightly prohibited door, I think, that Nikki James is, is doing. Slightly prohibited door. Uh but what if it's a what if it's a what if that's a door to the Hall of Fame too? Maybe that's part of it. I think there's a lot going in, but we're gonna get into that a little bit later. Right now we're gonna lead off with actually the wrestling, what's on screen and what we saw this week. The big news, folks, this happened eight days ago. Brock Lesnar. Walks in, supposed to face Roman Reigns, winds up facing the four men who were supposed to fight for the WWE Championship on the Raw side. And wow, Brock Brock Lesnar goes in there and some good interactions, a really quick match. I think it only went about eight minutes. But Brock Lesnar comes out and elevates the WWE Championship instantly. Your thoughts on Brock Lesnar becoming the WWE Champion? Uh, it was probably to, to be completely cliche, what was best for business. And, and I could say that because I'm somebody who was just DVRing and deleting many of WWE's shows. And, um, uh, like I would check in with certain segments, but then just pretty much delete it as quickly as I recorded it or even, you know, of course quicker. So, uh, seeing the way that this has impacted their, their product, turning on raw, especially, like, oh, wait, there's a different feel to this. Let me let me stay along with this because Brock is just walking out there all badass. Looking like a, a crazed champion lumberjack of some sort from Western Canada and just owning the place. And it's just a different feel and vibe. And it's almost becoming a thing like he is, a, you know, hey, to be another, to throw another cliche and even a T-shirt uh, comment here. He's the actual needle mover here. Yeah. Absolutely. It just it adds chaos to it. And especially it's a different Brock, too. It's like it seems like he's embracing the face side of things. And I think it suits him well. I'm I'm enjoying face Brock. He's enjoying it too. I mean, he was taking yeah, pictures of he was taking pictures yeah. of fans. He wants to cut promos now. I mean, Brock Lesnar, we've always said this on the show, and, and he gets a lot of heat, particularly because of his schedule and the fact he was booked and a lot of guys weren't getting, what have you. But the fact remains is he's one of the best professional wrestlers that ever lived. You add everything, the presentation and everything. We're so used to him being underneath and with Paul Heyman doing all his talking. We forget 
Brock can cut a good promo. Brock can be a real likable guy. And it seems like he has more confidence now, I dare say, than he's ever had as a pro wrestler as well. And also, and I commented this and I tweeted this at the time, just Brock Lesnar, when he was introduced after all the other four gentlemen, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, uh, Big E, obviously, and Bobby Lashley, just when he was introduced, his stardom and the feel and the energy, everything was just elevated. It seemed like it was literally a man playing with boys, despite the fact Lashley got the spears over him and the hurt lock on him. But other than but other than that, the pure star power, Brock Lesnar is just different. And yeah. I think a lot of us who killed him probably should take a couple steps back and say, well, this guy really is as good as advertised and probably deserve everything he's got. Right. No, you're right, man. Um it's it's great. And then the fact that they're floating him over to SmackDown as well and like to go and confront Roman. It's perfect. And then you have Paul Heyman in there groveling. Well, that's exactly what happened. Awesome so we, yeah, so we had Monday. So Monday night we had we had the situation where we find out Paul Heyman is now the advocate for Brock Lesnar. Lashley will fight Brock at Royal Rumble after he wins that four-way match they were supposed to have before Brock. And then, as you mentioned, we go on over to Monday to Friday night SmackDown. Brock told them, going off air, tell my good buddy Roman, I'll see him Friday night. Out comes the tribal chief to open the show. Fresh off of COVID, Pat McAfee said COVID got Roman. So Pat McAfee is now putting over Roman as defeating COVID. Like it. Anyway, Pat, Pat McAfee. Like the vaccine. Yeah, I, I don't know. Pat McAfee's getting a little goofy for my taste. He's starting to annoy me, frankly. I'm souring on him. He's becoming a caricature of himself. And it's like, can, can you do it a little more than, than, than a cup of coffee? Come on, Pat. Now, Oh, my God, look what I'm doing. I'm shaking and I'm dancing to Rick Boogs. Woo! Did you see God him loves Roman Reigns. He said a lot of weird things. Uh, anyway, so Roman comes back to returning champion. Brock Lesnar interrupts him. And take me through your reaction to the groveling that you referred to earlier, Paul Heyman, this battle between these two behemoths. What I, Part of what I loved about this segment, because here it's like Roman's out there cutting his promo, then all of a sudden... Yeah, there's a there's a lot of Brock reference made. Cut Cuba's music. It hits. Here comes uh, Brock and Heyman to the ring, and Roman's waiting on them. Brock is out there with with uh, Heyman, right? And what, what the first thing it's done is like Heyman's going to go introduce him, and Brock takes it away from him. And that annoyed, then, and that annoyed basic, Heyman. It annoyed him. It did. It did. It really bothered him. You could see it. Like he like he sold he he sold it. So basically, um, so you had him like totally like trying to like, yeah. And I felt it was as honest of uh, um, a reflection of what Heyman's character is. He is absolutely torn between them both, but he's going to go and choose to me and you, I'd say, is, you know, to speak on your behalf, Roman. Like it just, and then when Roman actually defended Heyman at the one point where Brock sort of spoke down to Heyman and the crowd sort of reacted. And Roman was like, hey, you don't talk to him like that. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud. I got to be honest with you. When he said that, I was like, this is funny. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm entertained with this. 
Well, let's evaluate the two relationships that Paul has with these two men. There's okay. love. There's love. There's history. There's care for Paul Heyman and Roman. Brock and Paul have pretty much just been business. Brock has treated Paul Heyman like shit the entire time. Yeah. Let's be clear yeah. about that. Remember, I remember he talked shit on him a couple of years ago. He's like, go get me a steak, medium rare, because he had to make it appear. Yeah. I forget what it was. But he has clowned Paul Heyman repeatedly over the years, yeah. where Roman doesn't. He treats him with some kind of respect. I think it's, I mean, for me, I think it's as obvious as the plain nose on my face. You're going to see Paul Heyman definitively turn on Brock Lesnar, and he'll probably be at WrestleMania. And I, it's almost too telegraphed. I, it's, you can see it coming a mile away, but doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. You were my change. Yeah, that 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 I was I was laughing at that that whole I I, I felt for Paul there at that moment. I love you, my tribal chief. I love you, Paul. Thank you for forty years of service. Then he gives him the Superman punch. So you you can see that coming back. Now the question is: Do they wait till WrestleMania for Heyman to turn, or does he turn beforehand and then Lesnar will have that much more of a reason to go after Roman than just Roman just beats him? It's a great question. I would hope they do it at the big event. I think they might do it. I think they telegraph. Paul Heyman's a genius with this. I think they telegraph that way too early for them to wait all the way to WrestleMania. With Paul Heyman having his hands in it, you know he's the driving force in the creative, or at least one of the driving forces in that creative. I don't think Heyman sells it that much. And particularly also, you look at the character arc of Heyman, the promo he cut when he cut that interview with Kayla. He was visibly upset. And shaken like a jilted girlfriend. Excuse me. <clears throat> I don't know what to do. You know, it was just the, the acting here is brilliant. So I think it might happen a little quick earlier than that. But I tell you what, it, it's exciting. And I'm actually excited to see Brock Lesnar at Roman Reigns, even though the first two were obviously, we know the first one was saved by Seth, but then the second one, all time one of the worst main events ever. All right, let's uh, quickly consider the the uh, the order of the events going on here. Right, it's Royal Rumble, right? Coming up next, or no? That's it's right. this, is it the Saudi show? Saudi no, show Royal is going to happen in February, but they haven't announced so, it officially yet. So you have like the Saudi show that's lingering out there, uh, then the Royal Rumble, and then uh, after that we have uh, WrestleMania. Right, that should be what we got. Yep. <sighs> So there might be another. Brock- I think there might be another premium, a premium event, premium live event. Before out of all well. those events, how, how, out of all those events, how many do you think Brock will wrestle in? Well, definitely the Royal Rumble, as we know. Oh, yeah. Definitely Saudi. I don't. Maybe he skips. But, but look, Brock seems like he's there every week. He's working both shows. Brock has been a full time player the last month, folks. Let's give him credit yeah. where credit's due. He killed this guy for not being for being a part time player. He's putting in the right, best right. work possibly of his career right now at this moment. Really is. And we're talking about a guy who beat you know, the Undertaker at WrestleMania <laughs> when, when he was still the Undertaker, not the Roman or Angel. My arm. <laughs> Hold on. My hip sucks. I'm going to retire and then come back and wrestle seven more times. 
and almost die in, Gold, in the ring with Goldberg. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. That's what that's what he did to Bret Hart's career. Made it rest in peace. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I think Brock is in a situation where I don't think he wrestles. If they have a secondary fast lane or what or whatever they call that, that the one that is state bound in the states, I don't think they just do. The Saudi show. I think the Saudi show <laughs> thing. I do believe they're going to do the Royal Rumble, another premium event, and then a Saudi premium event, and then WrestleMania. Because I think WrestleMania is until April. So they will have an opportunity to, to, to stretch one premium live event somewhere in between that. And that and what we've seen now, and AEW did it too. They could just throw premium live events together at any time now, as long as they have a house and, and fans. We've seen it time and time again recently. So yeah. it's 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 incredible now. You know, the days of having every single pay-per-view for WWE, I mean, having every single pay-per-view squared up is not – those days are gone it, it, for the most part. I think they have the big ones, but those mid ones or whatever. But yeah. it is what it is. And then we go off SmackDown. They needed to find out who Roman was going to face at the Royal Rumble. Interesting right. pick. Adam Pierce, Pierce picks – Probably the third better best member on the shield right now, Seth Rollins, back to third where he started. He was always the third best, and now he's the third best again. Remember, he was the best for a while. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's Roman Mox- Yeah, Moxley's always going to be better than one of them. But anyway, um, so Seth Rollins, who they flirted with a couple of things before. Big time scumbag heel Seth Rollins is picked to challenge Roman. Here's the problem: Seth Rollins is on Monday Night Raw, so I guess. Eh. Should oh. I Google and see if he's a, is he a free agent? Should I look? No, he is not a free agent. He's not. But the logic being, Roman has beaten everybody on the SmackDown roster, which they just shook up. Okay. Anyway, that's the idea. So that's why they went and got Seth. But Seth and Roman's a very good wrestle, a very good Royal Rumble match. If you were going to pick somebody, now that Drew isn't available, who would you have picked from SmackDown? I mean, just for entertainment value, really, it would have been Sammy. Yeah. And then after that, it gets a. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a short list after that. And I, I, I prefaced it with entertainment value. Yeah, Vince wasn't giving Sammy yeah. that, even though I, he probably flirted with it because they did have that little thing going on a couple weeks back. So it might have been on the table, but it definitely would be entertaining. Either one of those guys. I think you could have had Sammy, and it would have been a little cooler, but he's got a feud with Johnny Knoxville. So that's what we got going on with that. So going off there, we see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. So Royal Rumble looking very good right now in terms of the two matches that I definitively know. We got Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, first time ever, should be a dynamite match. Both of them are very good professional wrestlers, great professional wrestlers. And they both can do a lot of things. That's going to be a much better match than, say, Goldberg versus either one of them. So that's going to have high expectations. And Seth and Roman haven't gotten one-on-one in a very long time, even though we probably saw that match 300 times five years ago. We haven't gotten it recently with these dynamics with Roman as a heel, Seth as a heel. It's incredible. It's like 
It's like the Joker approaching and trying to take over the local crime boss. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's the Joker trying to take out Lex Luthor. They do a crossover. That's good. That's a good example. Hey, man. If it comes down to DC Comics villains, man, you know, I'm, the, I'm your guy. So they're setting it up. So Monday night coming up to tonight, we're going to see. I think a continuation. I don't know if Brock's going to be here. He put a lot of work in the last couple of weeks. So Brock will probably take the week off and all the news that was caused by WWE. And we're going to get into all of the off-screen news in the next segment. Switch on over to the week in AEW. And it was a very eventful week, but a weird week. And right. I think a couple of our listeners who have called us homers to AEW might get a little shocked in the next couple of first of all to blow your mind WWE's been putting on some good programming lately they've been putting on some bullshit too I but I don't watch the bullshit I guess Mad Cat Moss came out and made fun of Drew McIntyre but I'm not watching that this week AEW Dynamite leads off with once again Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson I did I knew right away out of the gate it was not going an hour because that show was stacked they had they had a big seven different segments that I only that I that they advertised early in yeah. the night. Where the reversal the week the last time I noticed they didn't have many segments planned. Right. So this time I knew they weren't going. They go about forty minutes. I thought it was a great match. I, I really did, but it's was it a little? I don't want to call it a letdown, but. Was it as impactful as it would have been if they didn't go 60 minutes a couple weeks ago? And if the Kenny and he didn't, and Kenny and Danielson didn't go 60 minutes a few months ago, I, I, I think that might be what I'm going with. I don't know if the match had the impact that it could have. As great as it was. You know, uh, th- I thought about this match because um, it, let me let me just put this in perspective for me here. Um, this match, I understand, like, we flirted with the 60-minute time limit. The judges weren't, were, like, focused on shortly. Like, it was, uh, it was a Paul White, uh, and who the hell else? Jerry Lynn and, uh, Mark Henry, right? Sexual chocolate. There you go. <laughs> and he goes, uh, so, like, you know, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a swerve there. Like, it didn't even come down to those guys, even though it was, like, part of the, the promos and, um, and it, it just this match was more of a bloody massacre than the previous one. Yeah. Um, I have never seen more headbutts in a match that didn't involve a, some uh, at least one Samoan. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. that. That became part of the move set for both of them. It was incredible. It was it, it was Crazy. really it for me. It was a harken back to New Japan pro wrestling strong style and just beating the shit out of each other with great athleticism on top of it and great cardio. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I got to say, I was shocked at the outcome because I thought American Dragon was going over. And I, I you know, and I'm not going to be too picky here, but I wish, honestly, that it didn't open the mat, the, the show. I wish it, was, it went closer to like an hour where the crowd had that anticipation, like, oh, it's going to be a draw, but then actually have one of them get the victory. You know, where well, it's if it's within the net, within a minute or so. I agree with you. And again, it 
they Aaron, couldn't Aaron, though because oh, of the, the, they already gave an hour to this storyline in that segment. They couldn't give a whole other hour to it. Also, the reaction was mixed on the hour. It wasn't like, hey, I think it was a diversion. It was a sort of like you said, but it made yeah. sense. I think it was the right call. I mean, you don't want a hangman now getting a win over the American Dragon, who many people consider the best wrestler in the world right now. That solidifies him right away, gives him a successful oh. title reign because beating Brian Danielson is not something that anyone ha- has done in AEW yet. And he's taken on some great competitors. He's beaten Miro. He's beaten. He's gone toe to toe with Kenny. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm totally in agreement with Paige winning. Like, but it caught me off guard, and I think it you know validates him, and it was a great win. But like, considering he was the face. And the one that they were planning on having to go over, it would, to me, it would have been a great way to end the show. Like that crowd would have been nuts. I agree with you. I just don't think because of all the stuff they needed to get to, and because they went an hour earlier, they couldn't do it. So they backed themselves in that corner. You're exactly right. If they had a situation where they didn't already do the hour, that would have been the way to go about it. Maybe maybe they could have talked their way into it. A, a draw. Maybe they can re- harken back to Kenny's draws. Like, ah, look, we could go 60 minutes. We could go whatever. I, if there's a draw, I want to be, I don't want to get screwed out. So they could, so Brian Danielson yeah. could even worked himself to be a bigger heel if he bitched about that hour time limit on their first shot. And they, they didn't need two matches for this, is my point. Yeah. They could have done what you're saying one off, had the one match. They could have. I don't, I think having two matches that are an hour long on national, on television. I think it's a little too much, unless you put that rematch in a pay-per-view. I, it's a tr- I think they backed themselves in a corner where they couldn't do what you want. That's the problem. But, but you know what? I look at the alternative, and the alternative was Jurassic Express winning the tag team belts and then with- having some sort of weird display with all these tag teams at the top of the stage and then a weird shot of Chris Jericho overlooking the tag team division and a weird shot of Malachi Black that is overlooking the tag team division. Like, and I'm like, this was like, it was such a weird moment for me. And and I'm just saying, if you could flip and, and reverse it, uh, being there in the crowd, I would have preferred to gone off with like cowboy shit chance going crazy through the parking lot versus like, oh, hey, Jurassic Express won. That, uh, yeah. And then I think Phoenix broke his arm. He died. You know, like, well, that with all, let, let's get it. Let's get into that whole segment, the whole end yeah. of that that match. Let's get into it. Sure, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. They set Al, Alexander Hantes sets up the table. Yeah, and Luchasaurus. If you didn't see this, folks, it is the one of the nastiest injuries you'll ever see. Even though, look, God bless him, he is it's only dislocated. But but Luchasaurus choke slams him in through the table. Bends his elbow the complete wrong way where it is disturbing to watch. And that happened. And everyone knew it was screwed. He's calling it right away. Instead of selling the fact just went through a table, my arm. No, fuck, I, fuck the bump. My arm is destroyed. <laughs> and Penta and everything got weird. And then the lights went out. And you're thinking that. something big is going to happen. You have all these possible people on the horizon. And the lights yeah. go out. And they come back, and then they just finish the match in an awkward, stupid way. The crowd kind of popped, but they didn't know what was going on. They were confused. And they had every right to be confused. I was confused. 
The match was over. I'm like, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm personally worried about arguably my favorite luchador ever in Ray Phoenix. I'm literally worried about it. Yeah. And then the end of the match, and I, you know, I don't like Jurassic Express, but I am 100% with you. I'd much rather go off the air with Hangman Adam Page, but I think because, I, like I said before, I think they just backed themselves into a corner where they couldn't because of everything they had to do on the show. They wanted the hour to be a possibility, and if they started at 9 o'clock, okay, maybe it's a possibility. And then it's just it's a weird position that they put themselves in because of the way they booked it. And I agree I with you. Loved, it would have been would, much better. Would, much better. Yeah, I would have loved it if they started at like right around nine o'clock where it was like they were going to go off and they could manage the celebration afterward and go off on that. And that would. And you know what? By the way, that's your first TBS show. Like what a better way to start that off. But hey, what did we get? Hey, here's Jericho uh, overlooking and, the, and then the Yeah, then the production. Jericho, they, said they put a shot on Jericho. Jericho has nothing to do with this. He's, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm on TV. Like, it was, it was like he was at an award show and just realized he's on TV and he has to look like he cares. Like, yeah. He's like the Phantom of the Opera up there. Yeah. It's like when Jack Nicholson sees somebody win an Oscar when he was nominated. He doesn't like them. I should have won that. As good as it gets, would have sucked without me. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was just a strange sort of ending with it. And especially with, like, the lights going out, like, that definitely had to be, like, revolving around, you know, Malachi Black and the House of Black, which, hey, if we're going to go and talk about something else, you and I are both fans, right? That is moving along, and for my taste, way too slow. Yeah. It's going a little, it's taking a little long now. It's going a little, oh, getting a little yeah. long tooth. And look, I know Malachi Black has his great plan, so I'm going to trust him, but he's on TV every week. If he was on TV every couple of weeks, it would be okay going this slow. But we see him every single week. He attacks Julia, he attacks Julia Hart, he attacks Pat, he attacks all these people, and he's talking about this foreboding House of Black and all these different members. He's hinting on social media, and we're still just, and then, and then, was he did the whole thing last week? It was awkward. Where he the lights went out and then they switch. Or no, I think it was right before that match, actually. The, the, him walking out of that match when he was going to attack Julia Hart and the and Lucha yeah. Brothers coming down, that was awkward too. Like, what are we yes. and, and I and are they doing it to set it up to for a big, finally a monstrous and huge surprise? We know it's gonna be Brody King. We know it might yeah. be Julia Hart, we know it might be Pat. Who else are you bringing in in this house of black that I'm supposed to wait this fucking long? Like, honestly. Yeah, seriously. This payoff better be big time. Now, Malachi's black starting to build up some pressure on himself because he's cool as shit. Every time he cuts a promo, I love it. But now I'm I'm tired of the sizzle. Give me some steak now, homie. Exactly. Give me some steak, bro. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, we Uh, should at least have seen, we should have at least seen Brody King show up at this first episode on TBS. And all and just and then all the tag teams. We'll go back to the to the, the finish. Then all the tag teams come out, which I understand what Tony was going for. They they are proud, and as they should be proud of this tag team division. It's the best tag team division on the planet to the point where I actually think that tag division deserves a secondary title. I know a lot of purists wouldn't like it. I, look, there was some magic with the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express over the U.S. tag team titles back in the day. So yeah, I believe this tag team division is that stacked. 
they can do that. And I think they can add a three, a six man tag too. I know that's a lot of championships, but it makes the six man tags mean something. And it gives these tag division more opportunities. Now, flip side of that, there is the finances and all that stuff that we're talking. About. So I don't know, but really awkward finish. I'm with you. I think hangman go. It would also put to your point. It also would put a premium on hanging Adam Page. Here he is holding that title after a bloody battle over Brian Danielson going off air. That definitely yeah. is a bigger event to make your champion even look better. Put your champion on that map, been, right? Yeah, it would have been epic, man. Like, and you know that's where I was thinking. Like, especially when they came out first, I'm like, wow, and, uh, I'm like, uh, Brian Danielson's going to win this. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, then when it didn't go that way, I was like, oh man. I'm like. This is nuts. Like, like I can't believe this. And I mean, like, because after that, everything else is like sort of just gravy, you know, like for the rest of the show. But it's just an odd way to book the show. Even though I will say they followed up with a hell of a segment with with CM Punk and MJF. That was probably that was my second favorite segment other than the original. I love this segment. I love the idea behind it. And um, that sh- that should now thinking about it, that should have ended it. <laughs> that could have ended it, or that could have opened it. That yeah. could have opened the show. I think yeah. that would have been better if they opened Either the show with that. Yeah. Um, or you could have opened it with the Lucha. I mean, it was a stacked show. I don't think it was a bad show, by the way, by any stretch. This was a really good episode. But again, we're I think our expectations and the awkwardness, the fact that they're only doing television for a couple of years, kind of showed up on on in the main event, but let's talk about some of the better things that happened. MJF is to face captain Sean Dean and the good captain comes away with the victory. I sold my MJF gear. I am now I'm totally pro captain Sean Reed, Sean Dean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. MJF really let me down losing him like that. So if anyone didn't see it, MJF and CM Punk both said they're going to go for the AEW World Championship. And CM Punk last week foreshadowed said it'd be a shame if someone interrupted your journey on trying to become the champion. So introductions happen. MJF's a star. He's about to fight, fight Sean Dean. The lovely and talented Aubrey Edwards rings for the bell. CM Punk runs down. MJF hightails it out of there. And then he attacks Captain Sean. And he was like, yeah, man, you tell him. Tell him to get back in here. And then CM Punk's like, kick and I go to sleep. Yeah. And the crowd, I don't think, knew what was going on right away. But then when they announced it, they're like, aha. And MJF yeah. starts off the year 0-1. But that wasn't when the segment started. Wow. Another outstanding promo with both of these guys. The heaviest hitters of the group, MJF says, I'll do something that Piper did that you couldn't. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to go maybe, maybe I'll go and headline a WrestleMania, something you could never do, Punk. Which, if anyone knows CM Punk's story, that is a, at least at one time, was a, store, was a very sore spot. It might not be a sore spot anymore. Yeah. And CM Punk with, might be one of my favorite disses anyone's ever done on WWE tele, on television against WWE. He says, you think the grass is greener? Be my guest, pal. You can headline night four of a buy one, get one free extravaganza, and then you're at least faster than you last in bed. That was a great, great line. 
And it was, and it really was these guys. I mean, CM Punk is as good as he's ever been. MJF is as good as there, as there ever has been. And this, this isn't going too fast either, but I don't care with that. This because they're levels, they're leveling up every week. They're getting a little bit more. It's, it's, it's arguably the best story being told in AEW right now. I don't think it's even close actually. Right. And, and they're taking the next step towards Wardlow now. One of those getting pissed things. And Wardlow will face CM Punk. Probably in the main event, I would assume, Wednesday night. On Dynamite this week. I am super excited about that. We we see the, the, the wall has been painted repeatedly with Wardlow's eventual babyface turn on MJF. We know it's coming. Probably coming sooner than later now. And it's really been a couple of years in the making. I mean, MJF has treated him like shit since day one. And now giving him an accountability buddy and it being fucking Sean Spears is, come on. Yeah. You, you don't see a lot of people complaining that he's not getting time. <laughs> where's where's Sean Spears? Why, why isn't he wrestling every week? You don't get that argument too much. No, no, but he gets his time for sure. And it's like he's like the, uh, you know, he's like the jerk off lackey for uh, MJF. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the jerk-off lackey. Jerk-off lackey Spears. Um, so that's set up right there, and that's just going to continue to go over and over. And now I have to question it. We're still a ways off from Revolution. We're we're two months away from Revolution still. Do these guys wait two months to get go one-on-one? Are they going to are they going to be the, in the pay-per-view? Because I would assume the winner of that feud goes on and beats Hangman Adam Page for the title. So the question is, does Hangman have a title defense at a pay-per-view? Or do they does Punk and MJF finish up early enough to where one of them faces Hangman at Revolution? That's my question. I think I think MJF and Punk happen at the pay-per-view. In regards to like the spin-off with Hangman, it all depends on who Hangman would be going against at Revolution himself, right? Like yeah, that's the thing. I, I I don't know who Hangman who they have planned for Hangman. I think we're going to probably find out Wednesday as well. Right, right. They got to um, put him. They got to book him a little higher, man. You know, I know what I was going to say earlier. I don't remember him having a main event or a closing segment since he's been champion. That's telling. That's a good point. Yeah. It's almost like he's an afterthought right now, even though he's the world champion. Even when they had the uh, the episode in Virginia. Where it was like Cowboy Night, he opened it. Yeah, he opened it. Yeah, but okay, he didn't. He didn't end anything with it. No, he didn't. At the end, I think. Well, no, you know what? There was a segment. I think there was one segment. Brian Danielson beat John Silver at the end of the night in the main event for for uh, Dynamite. So I'm wrong, but he wasn't a big part of it. Brian Danielson was the guy doing all the work in the ring, and Hangman. His, his three matches have not. He's been on three matches. All three have not been in the final spot, even though the two of them were for the title. And I just don't love – I mean, I, that's why I'm kind of glad that he's going to get an opportunity to continue and maybe solidify his title reign a little bit. So I think it was a good sh- good job of him winning. And also now Brian Danielson comes back a little bit hungrier. And, again, he, you know, I think Brian Danielson's not a heel. I think he's going to – it depends on who he's feuding with is where what side of the aisle he's on. So, one of those guys, but right. but yeah, I'm I'm 
I would like to see Hangman look a little bit stronger moving forward. Give him a couple of title defenses, make him look good. So far, he's probably, I mean, he, what is he, 1-0-1 and and one in, in his title? He's had the title for almost two months now. So we got to get Hangman some in-ring time. Maybe he's working on an injury. I don't know. But um, he just has not been putting the work in the ring. Just as simple. They haven't been putting him in that position. Maybe they don't, they're avoiding him getting injured. I mean, you can't, yeah, but I mean, he should be at least in more, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too critical. I just don't think he's had a great title run real quick, and he's been there for two months. So give me some more hangman. Give me some more cowboy shit. Let's get the ball rolling here so we can call him one of the great heavyweight champions ever. You don't want him to be an afterthought or a guy who didn't make it. You want him to be a main eventer moving forward. And I, I am I am a little concerned that the way he's being booked thus far, once he loses that title, it's going to take a long, long, long time before he's a main eventer again. We got to keep him off the bottle, too. Exactly. I think that win will help. That win will definitely help. Uh, <laughs> what the hell was going on with Chris Jericho's hair? Oh, he's he's getting a little dark, man. He's he's in the dark side of Jericho's coming out. Eddie Kingston and Jericho is going to be a good feud. Jericho's going to get booed out of every building he goes in. There. So, yeah, it is what it is. They're definitely they're definitely going Kingston Jericho here, right? Which is a great feud. Let them have that feud. Um, however, I you know, look, Jericho, he's a mid-carter now. I think we, we can all, all agree on that. He's doing his job. He's gonna get younger guys over. He'll have a great program with Eddie Kingston. But and then we go on. The first TBS champion is crowned. That bitch, Jade Cargill. And what I thought was a pretty good match, she did look a little awkward with the finish, with her finisher. Yeah. Looked like she was trying to do it from the top rope and then realized maybe that wasn't a good idea. I don't want to kill this, this bitch. And, but she gets it from the second turnbuckle. She wins. Great shot. I don't know if you saw it on the internet, her holding up the title, holding her daughter as she walked off the stage. Really great shot. And I guess she's more, black, she's more black than Nyla Rose, I guess. So... Um, Big Swole's probably happy. Oh, wow. I, look, no, 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 no. There is a distinct reason I said that. Swole was very careful with her words when she mentioned she, she said her daughter doesn't see anybody that looks like her. We know what she meant by that. That Jade Cargill represents the black community more to Big Swole's like it. Versus Nyla Rose. Yeah. I'm not going to presume as to why. I'm just, I'm just saying she specifically said no. they haven't had any champions that, quote, look like her, her daughter. That's what she said. Okay. That was, a, that was I'm a, a, you know, that's a, that's a quote. No, nobody looks like me is what the quote was. Her daughter said to her. So, Nyla Rose, I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm probably going to edit that out because that's probably a little whatever, but. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. I just I'm like trying to digest it. It's like, oh, she, she went there, huh? And it's funny you you uh, like you actually appreciated the uh, Jade Cargill like holding your daughter and getting filmed that way. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's a beautiful it's a beautiful picture of a strong ass black woman holding up one of the most prestigious titles in the company. And yeah, why why you didn't you didn't like that? You didn't think it was cool? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like the fact that they were humanizing the uh, the heel. <laughs> I was like, ah, why do they got to bring her daughter into it? Like, 
she's supposed to be like the heel in this moment. Oh uh, yeah, I mean they didn't show that on camera. It was a picture taken off when they were off air. I think moments like that are okay. You know what I mean? You can show the real side of that. I think if you do, if well, you they, showed they, it right on camera and you're crying, yeah, they, they did they, keep on. They, they did show her daughter a couple times though. Yeah. But they kept Jade looking like that bitch the entire time. Like, I'm not going to kill him. That's a, I'm not going to kill him for that. That's okay. No, no, I'm not saying to kill him. It's just it's funny how the way you looked at it versus I looked at it. It was just my initial reaction to it. It's all. Yeah, I got you. It was a. Uh, it was a, it was a nice moment, especially after everything that was going on. And I, you know, I, I think it was really a, a, an awesome spot. Good job for Ruby Soho putting her over. Ruby Soho did a good job carrying that match. For Ruby, you know, and I know we kill Ruby Soho on the look at that face. The match wasn't bad, and Jade Cargill's green as the day is long. So Ruby Soho did her job. I got it. They played her entrance music, <laughs> which is all she needs. Ruby, She's Ruby, Ruby Soho. I don't like facials. Yeah, she does. They love that song. Every time she gets a close three, it's like she never, she can't believe it. Like, are you really surprised, girl? You really that surprised? That was a shitty move. No. Yeah, it was like I don't want to get too. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on Ruby Soho because we'll spend ten minutes killing her, and we have too much stuff. Too much stuff to talk about on High Spots and Cheap Pops today. We can't spend any time. By the way, check out High Spots Cheap HSCPWrestling.com coming to you soon, January twenty first. The news organization launch of High Spots and Cheap Pops. We are going to give you daily news. Every day, videos. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be a good NFTs. Time here. NFT. I, I just work. On, I'm working on NFT right now. If you guys give me a dollar, uh, one day it'll be worth three billion. About five years. So it works. I don't know enough about NFTs. I didn't invest in. So there's that. Um, I'm floating turds. We go on over to Rampage and. Actually, some a really good episode of Rampage. As I said before, Chris Jericho actually didn't annoy me. Pat McAfee annoyed me more than Chris Jericho. So we're there. Wow. Yeah, Jericho wasn't too bad. And Hook was sent. We're going to start with the, with the show open with the Paragon. His news dropped. AEW has trademarked the word, the faction and an emblem for Paragon. Mr. Adam Cole led off the show against the newly assigned Jake Atlas. Really good match. Adam Cole, of course, gets the victory. Redragon comes out. Is their name Redragon? They're, they're dragoning again? Redragon. We got to redragon it? I think, it's, I think it's Red Dragon. There's only one D, though. It's Redragon. Yeah, yeah, I think. But, but I'm listening to the announcers. I'm hearing them say Red Dragon. Well, it's spelled Redragon. So there's that. <clears throat> So they're redragoning. I get it because they were a tag team before. Now they're a tag team again, so they're redragoning. They're going to redragon again. They're redragoning it. What we, yeah. Why don't you tweet to like Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly and ask them to be specific about this? I did. They didn't get back to me. I think it's because I you look like what? a mark on Twitter. No more opinions on Twitter when, our, when we launched, by the way. So if you're following me on Twitter, folks. Those little opinions are going to go away. You're going to have to come right here for these opinions, those, those spicy little opinions you get on the HSCP Wrestling Twitter, at HSCP Wrestling. Silicon Steve Valley at HSCP Wrestling. So what do you think about the name Paragon? Well, 
Paragon, I think, is good. It's a Paragon. But we know a good friend, Chris Jericho, was the Paragon of Virtue back in 1997 when he took Rey Mysterio's knee and Hooventude's mask. He was our Paragon of Virtue. So you know Chris Jericho is going to want to have a feud with Paragon and Red Dragon and Adam Cole. We know that's going to happen, but it looks like that's going to be a faction, which tells me that Adam Cole is going to turn on the Young Bucks. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you know they're not. It's not Red Dragon slash Paragon. It's Red Dragon is a member of Paragon. That's right. But does it sound too much like the Pinnacle? Paragon versus Pinnacle. Pinnacle versus Paragon. The alliteration in peas are running wild, brother. Like Hulk Hogan, brother. If you have a pea fetish, you're going to want to come to this pay-per-view. By the way, foot pictures send you at HS. <laughs> I knew that was coming up. Uh, you got to throw in the foot fetish if we're going to go into perversions. Uh, so it's going to be the Paragon. Kyle Raleigh's mentioned it a few times. They seem like they came out and congratulated Adam after the win. Best friends came out and they ran him out. And that's they're going to continue that feud with best friends. I think is a side part, a little side feud with the real storyline, which is obviously happening with the members of the elite. And who knows when Kenny's coming back? And which let me ask you something about Adam Cole. And I'm a fan of Adam Cole, baby, of course. But like, let me like, I maybe I need to like reference and go back to maybe some of the old NXT days, dude. Do you think he needs to like sort of like tighten up or like work out a little bit more? That's has I, that been like discussed on Twitter and stuff or no? That hasn't been discussed on Twitter, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure WWE guys call, they call everybody sawed off midget. So I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? I, yeah, it's like. Like but, he needs to like sort of. He's I don't got know, no arms. He's aging, right? He's got a, <laughs> got a shrunken chest. Alice Cooper looking more jacked at WrestleMania three. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Pat Donnie McAfee Knox still looked more intimidating on SmackDown than Adam Cole did against Jack Atlas. And it shows your personality can go a long way, but he's got to like start picking up a dumbbell or two. Yeah, I, it's funny you said that. I literally looked at it today, and I was like, he's really not an intimidating-looking fellow. Right. I mean, he's great. He's entertaining. He's awesome. But, yeah, yes. I mean, the present the – present, and he's already not a big man. But no one will confuse him with Kenny Omega or even Hangman Adam Page, two guys that are around his size in terms of stature. Yeah. But those two guys did the work, particularly Kenny. I mean, Kenny's body is incredible. But if you go back to Kenny Omega – Seven years ago, just before the Okada stuff, I mean, it was probably still looking better with Cole does now. But yeah, I don't know. Was Cole's never been a good jacked guy though? He's always been an athletic guy and a guy that uses strong style, so to speak, striking and all that. So yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I want to say he was like a little bit more built in NXT. And again, I was pretty close to him at pay per view, and it just the way he's looking on camera right now, it's not all that intimidating. And honestly. AEW is not the land of giants. And he's looking like sort of less intimidating than Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 for the real. And and it's interesting you said that because that is something I, I did notice uh, myself in this match. He just doesn't look like a guy that whatever. Now, 
We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see the storylines and all that. But yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. Then we had Hook was sent. Did you see Hook was sent again? Hook. Hook. They had to send him. And he's Jersey crowd. He's the most over send motherfucker on this show. Rampage is Hook's show. Officially. And he doesn't screw around. And he was he had a baby face. He had a baby face match. Totally booked his baby face. It was. And it worked. It was great. When wound up tossing after choking out solo, Aaron Solo. 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 After choking that bum out. Another bum yeah. steps up to him, QT Marshall. He drops QT Marshall around in his fucking head, just like his father would have. That was great. That was great. That was great, man. I'm like, <laughs> this guy, he should be, I'm like, he should be champ. Give him the TNT championship right now, but I think you're right. He's going to be the one that, he's eventually going to be the one that dethrones. Uh, he's he's going to be the one that eventually dethrones Ricky, absolute Ricky Starks, who, uh, Absolutely. but Hook right now, and by the way, you make if it wasn't for his stupid hair, I would be all in on this kid. Did a Russian leg sweep as a Bret Hart fan? A Russian yeah. leg sweep. Yeah, it was great. Like, and it's his move set. He's like adapting to each guy. Like, and he's picking up bigger dudes, and and just the way he locks his hips and is able to turn them over his head, it's impressive. It's, he's a chip off the He looks nothing like Taz, by the way. Like, nothing like him. <laughs> like, he's good looking. He's tall. Looks, you know, that hair, though. I feel like he should be in an sink or something. And you, and you know what, man? He's going to start getting chicks that totally dig him. And that's going to be like a draw. Uh, he's a, it's, it's incredible what they got with this kid. This kid's a phenomenon. He's becoming a phenomenon. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, you, you got to keep on trying to find a, a, a hole in his game. There hasn't been one. There isn't. He no sold a. You know, the one thing is, he are they booking him too strong? Well, that's taste at that point in time. Because if they're booking yeah. him too strong, okay, that's just taste. You don't think he should be booked that strong? But the way they're booking him is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And now he's a straight up baby face in a heel faction. The chips. And by the way, this guy hasn't even touched, said one word on, on camera yet. No. Hook speaks. Imagine that. Guy's going to draw three million people. This Friday night, people. Hook's going to cut his first promo. I tell you what, it's not going to be pretty. He's just going to come out and say, you know what, <laughs> motherfucker? I'm going to drop you on your fucking head and I'm going to choke you out. You dumb bitch. <laughs> it would be great if he did shit like that. I, and you know what, man? He's got he's got definitely a presence to him when he comes out there. He's not intimidated. It's like he's comfortable. And by the like, way, his entrance music is fire. It's Raekwon. It's awesome. Way. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Member of the Wu Tang Clan did that. Wow, That's Chef Raekwon. And it sounded like, and honestly, does sound like a, a Wu Tang. If anyone's a Wu Tang Clan fan, it sounds like a Wu Tang beat. So I'm wondering if the RZA had something to do with that. Who knows? Yeah, the RZA, the Jizz, yeah, the old dirty bastard, respected that. You know the group. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's just awesome, man. I'm looking forward to his matches now. It's great. Yeah, it, it seems like it's every other Friday he's, he's doing these matches. It's, it's he's making Rampage a must watch. 
Then we go over to the main event. DMD beats Rio. Pretty good match. DMD's getting a little stale. Her and Jamie Hato think they squashed their beef. They hug at the end of the night. And uh, just a quick way to segue into Kenny Omega. As many people said, shows violence on Twitter this morning. Or yesterday, I should say. Uh, Kenny Omega tweeted about the paper about the main event, and he is at, he's one of the main bookers in the women's division. At least at one point in time, he was specifically early on. Obviously, also big connection to Rio. And he says, "Hey guys, just want you to know a great main event coming out. Just wanted you to." And the internet, WWE fans particularly, just went after Rio unmercilessly, saying just some really awful things about her and saying how much Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch is better. It's like. Okay, dude. So Kenny, he took to a couple, took to a couple people, and yeah. uh, I'm glad he did. A couple people had deleted their tweets. He called somebody out saying, "If you look at yourself, you'll probably get your ass kicked by Rio." Look at you, to a fan. And then he said, "I just wanted to tweet something nice about something I'm passionate about," and then people just attack other people on my page talking about how much their favorite wrestler is a lot better than this guy. (laughs) That's where we are. And that's why a lot of these people who are good human beings and good wrestlers, they don't go on Twitter because it's just toxic and bullshit because everyone needs to just be mean. I get not liking Rio. We've killed Rio on here, but we do it in a respectful way. And we, that's our job too. We're not just assholes tweeting on the internet and just, Kenny, I'm glad to see a, a. I'm glad to see Kenny is a really good person, but he's not a pussy by any stretch of the imagination. To, I, I'm glad when I see a couple of people taken out like that with the with the celebrity. It's a little bit different than when you're taken out with bannering with some other jerk. So, just toxicity in the IWC. Your your opinion? You you see it too? You're on our Facebook often. You see it? What's your opinion on the internet wrestling community and just the reaction and just the negative comments at all times, showing no respect. Uh, no one has a wrong opinion is basically what it is. And they're just like, uh, there's no humility there. They, whoever you interact with sort of is so passionate of what they believe and what they believe they know. And, and also like some, some dude that was like interacting with me a little bit this week on a comment, uh, on a message board was, uh, he was like, he was claiming to know like Brian cage because Somebody asked a question, you know, out of AEW, who should go to WWE? And I'm, I just wrote buying case. Next thing you know, this guy is like interacting with me. And it was just like, I'm being polite. But then it's like, then it's like, oh, I know him. This is like inside stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, like, why? Like, I have no idea who you are. I'm not going to go. I don't have the time for this. It's just nuts. Just cool. like, just. Yeah, just leave. Like, yeah, I'm not looking to get in the trenches with you and debate you now. You know, <laughs> he probably just read some tweets. I don't know. He said this, and he, he tweeted a picture of Ricky Starks and a fan saying he was the Rock. It's just stupid. But it just be nicer, folks. And by the way, us good wrestling fans don't <clears throat> the attention to these. Like WWE Gareth, he said something about how. I don't know. There's some really terrible things. Uh, it just people just say terrible things and then they retweet them. Stop retweeting them. That's what these assholes want. They want the attention. That's what the internet is. How can I get the most attention? Well, if I'm the biggest, meanest asshole, 
I, that's how I do it. I know because I was the biggest, meanest asshole back in the day. But the thing was, I right. did it to people's faces and I got the threat of getting my ass kicked if I ever stepped over a line. That's the difference. Anyone who's doing this over the Internet, you're a bitch. You're a punk ass bitch who probably doesn't get the love from your family and definitely probably doesn't kiss many girls, at least girls that you respect. So there we go. You tell them, Mr. Valley. So on, on deck for AEW Dynamite, we're talking Wardlow and CM Punk and probably some more progression with the Young Bucks, Adam Cole. And maybe we'll see where Adam Page is going. So a pretty good week on screen for AEW. May not have met expectations in considering everything they want. Then, of course, we had the Battle of the Belts. And we have to talk about this. So Cody was supposed to defend against Sammy Guevara. And then Cody, they didn't say COVID. They didn't say anything except for medical protocol. You can assume it's COVID, I guess. Or is this just a work to keep him off camera to give Dustin a, 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 I don't know. But Sammy Guevara beats Dustin Rhodes in what was a very good match, but really non-consequential. And they have an interim champion. Why do we need an interim champion? He just won it two weeks ago. Right. How much is he missing where we need an interim champion? Why is this making sense? You have to question this. What is going on here? It's crazy. May I play devil's advocate? Sure. If they do this, they have to do it at all times, not just now. Why do it just now? And is this going to be something consistent? See, I don't like when it doesn't make sense. How long is Cody going to be out? Is Cody going to be out for another three months because he's got to promote the big, the, he's got to promote the show where he goes kicks at people in the nuts? Just goes around kicking people right in the balls. <laughs> Idiocracy has come to TBS. The, literally, that's a segment of their show. A guy gets kicked in the balls by Cody Rhodes. I seen it. And if you didn't see the movie Idiocracy, that is literally the joke show because we're so stupid in the future that that's what everyone's entertained by. And that's what Cody Rhodes is actually doing in TV. I digress. <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of this, so I'm hoping Tony Khan has a trick up his sleeve because that really made no sense. And then, then Sammy, and Sammy didn't even have a belt. It wasn't like he was holding up a championship belt. So well, he has he has one. He has one? Yeah, I think it's like a different, like, it looks a slightly different. Oh, I didn't see, I, did, I saw when they went off there, I saw him and Daniel Garcia going at it. I didn't see he had a title. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. I, I so is he a two-time, like, so, so is he now a two-time TNA, TNT champion now too? Is that what's happening? I don't know. I'm so confused. Like, what, what constitutes an interim, what makes someone an interim champion? What, is that something that's been done in other, other, Companies or other, do they do that in boxing, for example? I've never seen this at all. It's nuts. I mean, I heard of an interim general manager. I never heard of an interim champion. I mean, it's just, and, and, and well, explain like, it to us. What I, I, what I saw is like when, when, Co when Cody returns, he's going to go and face Sammy. So that means whoever Sammy's facing now is definitely losing, is definitely jobbing. I think Cody like they're reunifying. Yeah, definitely. It's like yeah. he didn't miss. It was like it's like he got all Sammy's wins. I don't, I just don't understand this. I just still do not understand what they're going to do here. 
Because it's not like he's gone for a long time. And we've seen champions right. not wrestle for a while. I mean, fuck, Handing's only only wrestled twice in, for their for his championship since early November or mid-November. So well, how can we have it? When's, <laughs> when's the last time you saw an intercontinental title match on, on uh, TV? I, I don't know. It's just it it's very frustrating to me uh, because I don't know where they're going. And it doesn't make sense. Make it make sense, guys. And if we're going to kill WWE for the litany of stupidity, just like Sonya Deville at the, at the middle of the match, oh, that doesn't count. We're changing the rules, willy nilly. We got to be here. Oh, we got to do what AEW too. This doesn't make sense, Tony. And then on top of that, you have the thing, you have the issue with uh, with Big Swole earlier in the week and tweeting. He stood by because you didn't delete it. And whether you agree with it or not, I'm not saying it. He just got he got into a shitstorm about that tweet. And then you have a lot of people saying, and I'm going to bring this up now. Battle of the Belts was not even supposed to. It wasn't even scheduled three week, three or four weeks ago. And Battle of the Belts happened to be against Impact Championship Wrestling's Impact Championships Wrestling's major pay per view. And we're going to get into that and everything else that's happening off camera when we come back from this break. But a lot on the bone here to talk about everything going on off the WWE. We have releases. We have Triple H's, Triple H's opinions and what's going on with him on NXT. We got Mickey. Everything. We have so much to talk about. Mickey James going to be wrestling on Royal. We're going to get into all that stuff when we come back. But wow, what a week of professional wrestling we have for you folks. This is Silicon Steve Valley, Vladi Dottie on the other side. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. If you are struggling with addiction or any kind of mental issues, we have to suggest G Dad's Motivational Mornings. That's right, he's on Spotify and he has been battling addiction for well over two decades. And he comes to you in a simplistic and inspirational way for you to help any issues you may have pertaining to mental health or addiction. So check out G Dad's Morning Motivation, only on Spotify. Spots and cheap pumps. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are talking everything professional wrestling underneath the sun. And we just talked about all the great things that happened in AEW and WWE. Impact had a great event, but we're going to get into that a little bit later in this segment. We want to start off with everything that happened off camera this past week. And it wouldn't be an eventful week in professional wrestling if WWE didn't have any significant releases. William Regal, 21 years of service, phenomenal run, everything he did in NXT on top of it after his pro wrestling career. And that includes a great storyline with John Moxley back in the day as well when he was Dean Ambrose. He gets released, and Samoa Joe gets released twice in, I think, a year, within a year. Great job. It's got to be a first. Well, probably not, let's be honest. It's got to be a record. You would think, but then again, no, you would. You know. Uh, your thoughts on William Regal, who, by the way, the William Regal release is really the biggest thing is, is such an insignia. But let's talk about Samoa Joe first, then we'll get into William Regal. Samoa Joe released again on his Twitter. He said he is grateful for the opportunity to see all the great young stars, and he's grateful for WWE, and he's excited about the future. 
Yeah, you know, like this whole situation, like you mentioned Samoa Joe and Regal, and those are the two big names in this, right? And there's an underlying theme here with these names that have been released, and there's going to throw a third name at you as well, and that would be Gabe uh, Saplowski, who basically was like one of the um, guys that came from Ring of Honor. He's got Paul E. ties. He was a wrestling promoter himself. And the whole deal is Saplowski, Regal, and Samojo had something in common with probably Shawn Michaels. It's the only one that's left. Is that they were going to be Triple H's like transition team from NXT to the main roster. That was going to be the crew that Triple H was going to bring with him when he takes over WWE. And Vince just went and disbanded the band. Road Dog as well. Road Dog as well. Oh my God. Like, look, I had mentioned the other guy instead of Road Dog. So it's like, like they have really just gone. And to me, this reeks of Vince selling WWE, which that was actually discussed by Freddie Prince Jr. once again this week. He had some sort of connection to somebody at Fox. And it was basically mentioned that during the negotiations for SmackDown, what was going on there was WWE was asking Fox to buy them out. And the price was too high and Fox settled and walked away with SmackDown. Interesting because don't forget the bread is buttered really well on the NBC side of things. Uh, The rock has been rumored to be part of a conglomerate that will buy WWE. I just, I mean, I'm not sure where it's going, but we know Vince McMahon is not going to be in charge of this company. And this company, look, hey, we don't, the, the, the pathway is very dark ahead of time, but you're right. These releases all signify, particularly William Regal, Road Dog, and Saplisky. And Gabe Saplisky, actually, he was a guy who does have talk with Paulie because he was the one who actually let Smart and Paulie up enough about CM Punk back in the day, if I remember correctly. He was a protege of, of Mr. Paul Hammond. So it's it's I didn't know he was released either. So that's yeah him him Road Dog and Regal. I mean those those are the guys, and they're gone now. And Triple H now we heard and it was over by Wade Keller. Is that his name? Pro Wrestling Torch. Wade Keller. He said he talked to people in the know in WWE and said that Triple H didn't say he got a reaction from Triple H. And he's just bummed out. He Nothing was crazy that was said, and that's not Triple H's vibe. He doesn't go out and talk out of class. But he's really dejected. And no, no shit. And now everything he has built, everything he spent years building is was destroyed within weeks. Destroyed. Gone. Yeah. And the last remnants of whatever the hell is left was left was kicked down by Bronze Breaker last week when he won the new is the belt tie dye now or are they still going with the same belt? Is it the same belt or is it the belt tie dye? No same uh, it's a different belt I think but it's not tie dye. Did you see his entrance? Yeah he kicked over the gold NXT yeah logo logo yeah and that's just a kick in the balls. That's a kick in the balls to any loyal fan you had for that brand. Yeah. They're done. They are fucking done yeah. that company that that show yeah it is yeah it's over 
Every one of your loyal fans, you kicked directly in the balls with that. And then Champ obviously lost. Yeah. And it was a nice moment having Rick Steiner come out. It was a nice little moment having Rick Steiner come out. Look great. And Brian Breaker, you like him. I haven't seen enough of him. I hate his. Oh name. no 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 no! Don't 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 mention that I like him. It's not that. Here, here's what I'm. Here's my take on this guy. Okay. He's perfect. He is perfect for what Vince wants on the main roster. And that's not me saying I like him. He is definitely what Vince is looking for. And it, and it's so odd the way they present him. Uh, the like the, that I noticed during this match, right? Keep in mind, I have a, a good respect for Ch- for Champa, uh, incredible wrestler. You love Champa. One won me over big time, man. And um, that was the absolute end of an era, where you know, I'm watching this this Braun Breaker match, which I'd rather call him Rex Steiner. How because, was the match, by the way? Was the match good? It. Yeah, it was decent. It was it was it was good. It was like not one of the Champa's like greatest matches ever, but you know what? It, it was well done. The passing of the torch happened, and let me tell you this: this is what annoys me about WWE and NXT 2.0, whatever you want to call them. As Stein, as um, Breaker is going through his move set, all you're seeing is his dad's and his uncle's moves. Rightfully so, right? And the only thing that they really gave the Steiners credit for, they were like. Uh, the Frankensteiner, of course, they announced they they did touch. You know, they got they that's what they called it. Um, there was a uh, was a second um, off the second turnbuckle. Oh, there's like a bulldog move that Rick used to do that Braun does, right? Like like uh, so he hits like a mid air like bulldog, right? Yeah, I, I think it's called it a super bulldog. I don't think it was a Steiner. No. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But then here's where here's where it gets better. How did Braun Breaker win the title? They refused to say the Steiner recliner. What you have Braun Breaker winning it in, and they're like, he's in a he's uh he's in the recliner. I'm like, oh my god, why are they so like afraid to embrace his name, his lineage? And it's just like, but yet yeah, have him do all the moves and have him win his first title using his uncle's move. So stupid. Well, that's because Rick Steiner didn't have a good finisher ever. That's why. Even so, but that's fine. Like, call it the Steiner. Make it Ron, Make it Rex Steiner's finisher. Take, have him take it away from Scott. It's, I, look, I'm never going to get excited. I didn't get that excited about the original NXT because I always kind of had an idea. That this, I didn't know it was going to be this quickly and this destructive. But I never gave – I never had faith. I, we've been talking about that to, to, at nauseam. I protected my emotions because I knew I would, if I invested myself in somebody, they were going to never, they were never going to panic. Yeah. And it's just really sad. And triple H now is dejected. His, his entire group of people are gone. And Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis, they're not spring chickens. They're not, you're right. This is getting ready to be sold out. 100%. Now who buys it though? Is it going to be the rock? Is it going to be Tony Khan? Tony Khan might say, fuck it. I got a couple billion. I don't think. No, I don't. I think it's gonna be like a Rock and Nick Khan conglomerate, probably yeah. of the Peacock Network. You would assume that's what it, exactly who it was gonna be. Yeah, absolutely. That's why Nick Khan was brought in. And if anyone didn't know that, that's exactly why he was brought in. He didn't. He wasn't brought in because he's a big professional wrestling fan or even a sports entertaining fan. He likes money. And he doesn't know shit about wrestling. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't care about the product. He just cares about making money. 
I don't like Nick Khan in terms of who he is and what he's done so far. He's made the company a lot of money and say, well, I should say saved the company a lot of money. He didn't make any money. He saved money. Right. Uh, and so he, everyone's getting a big cheer, but I think the philosophy that they are going with moving forward in five to 10 years is going to be damaging to WWE because they're not going to have real professional wrestlers to connect with the audience. And they're, and they're, Viewership is not getting younger; it's getting older, a lot older. Yeah. And if the Braun Breakers and the Baron Corbins and the Lars and all these big guys who don't really love maybe well, I don't know if Braun Breakers that, but this idea that they're going to get a bunch of great athletes on the college level and turn them into professional wrestlers, that philosophy is going to run into a lot of boring, shitty matches and shitty storylines. That's just the way that is. But that's what's you going know, on with. I, I, hold on, I thought. I, I read something recently that made a great point about like what you and I have discussed in many weeks. Because it's like, you know, you're right in what you're saying, right? But here's something this article pointed out, and I got to agree with that. WWE doesn't want to build any superstars. In their eyes, WWE is the superstar. And that's where they're at with all this. So. That's where it's like difficult to get like really passionate about their product or talent on their product, because the truth is, okay, Kevin Kevin Owens just signed re-signed with them, but in a few months he could be gone. So it's just I really think they the might just, just really sign into that famous. contract to keep him past WrestleMania. I really think that there's a possibility. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. There's that big, there's that big May. They always cut, they always have a shitload of cuts in May. We're going to see where we're at in May. We're going to see where everyone's at. There's going to be some heads rolling too. If they release Bray Wyatt, they sure is not going to have a problem releasing Kevin Owens. But uh, WWE didn't make just that. The releases weren't just the only thing that made noise toward the end of the week last week. It was announced early Friday afternoon on social media and then confirmed on SmackDown. Knockouts Women's Champion of Impact Wrestling and former WWE Diva and WWE Superstar Mickey James will make a triumphant return to the 2022 Royal Rumble. And they announced it as Knockouts Champion. And then the Forbidden Door that the WWE heard so much about, they are now part of the Forbidden Door. And the Knockouts Women Champion is going to be showcased in, in the Royal Rumble. And the internet went fucking berserk as if we were seeing Okada versus Omega or something. Or, or Okada versus Brian Danielson. It's going to be a woman who, by the way, you didn't think was good enough to be on your roster not too long ago. And I'm not going to go into the garbage bag thing because the person who's did, who was, was responsible for that was fired. So I'm not going to put that on WWE. They fired the person that did that. But she wasn't good enough to be on your show eight months ago. Why is she good enough now? We know why. Because you want to make a splash and you want to help TNA. And TNA, I'm sorry. I apologize. Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is perfectly okay. They saw what Kenny Omega did to their numbers. We saw what Kenny Omega did. Their numbers have dropped off almost 70% in, in terms of pay-per-view from pay-per-view to the next since Kenny Omega's not been. 
So Impact and D'Amour, I forget his first, Scott D'Amour, they're thinking any press we can get from WWE is great for us, similar to ECW and WWE back in 96, 97, when Paulie brought all the ECW stars to Monday night. It's and, very similar to that. They're trying to catch the buzz. And on that note, uh, the current champ at Impact uh, is a guy named Moose, right? I think John Gresham just beat him, didn't he? Okay, well, the guy that wrestles there that uh, goes by the name of Moose? Moose, yeah. And I'm not sure, again, he, maybe he's a champ, maybe he's not, but I thought he was a champ. He, he's he was. He's a big Roman. name there. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's calling out Roman Reigns. And it's like, it's interesting. Like, is there a chance that this guy, Moose, is going to show up at the men's Royal Rumble now? Maybe they maybe they start doing that cross promotion. It could be something that they do, but WWE is just doing it to catch a little lightning in the bottle for this. For this, plus they release plus they release so many people they can't go and get sixty wrestlers to partake in the Royal Rumble. Exactly. And by the way, WWE announced a shit ton of big stars for their Women's Royal Rumble. The Bella Twins are coming back. The Undertaker's wife, I forget her name. The Michelle McCool, Undertaker's wife, the D. And Lita. I mean, these are big fucking deals. These are women, all women that are going to be in your Hall of Fame. I think Michelle McCool might even be in the Hall of Fame already. Yeah. I mean, these are big deals, and they just gave us all the surprises. Yeah, why do they do that? I don't know. Fucking, I, know I don't know. I've never seen them give away all these surprises. What it tells me is the Bellas, Lita, Michelle McCool, none of them got a snowball's chance in hell of winning the Royal Rumble, including Lita. Yeah, they're not going to win. And Mickey you know, James, damn sure, ain't winning the, the Royal Rumble, by the way. Yeah. You know, it's one name they haven't mentioned, and maybe I didn't see it. Asuka. Asuka? There's Bailey. Bailey's probably ready to go. Yeah. Um, but it, it's absolutely incredible that they're giving away. So we'll see. The Royal Rumble is going to be a good show. The Royal Rumble's the last couple of years. Have gotten a little dragged on. They actually switched it to one minute the last several years instead of two minutes every yeah. other one. I, they haven't. The last really good Royal Rumble was probably the one that I really enjoyed. It was probably the one Seth Rollins won where he curb stomped Braun Strowman to win it to finish it out. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, you know, but but Mickey James, it, it's just it just was a cheap publicity stunt by WWE, in my opinion. Mickey James is happy how, how insulted and angry she was toward WWE for the way she was treated and how old she was and all that. Well, she obviously didn't care that much because she's taken this payday happily. So, yeah. Um, but going on to that, Mickey James being in the Royal Rumble, she headlined Impact's pay-per-view against Deanna Perazzo, who I actually had the great pleasure of meeting back in my WXWC four days. And Awesome lady. And she probably doesn't remember me, but what have you. Um, she goes and beats Deanna Peraza, holding and retaining the women's knockouts championship, obviously the knockouts championship. So, and they have put it on there. So the forbidden door and WWE fans all on the internet are saying, look at our forbidden door guys. Look how great that is. And it's like the forbidden door that we're talking about with AEW hasn't even really happened yet. Right. The forbidden door is when you're going to see all the stars from New Japan. 
That's what everyone's talking about. Just so everyone who doesn't know what the forbidden door really, really is, Minoru Suzuki is the forbidden door. Kenta coming over was the forbidden door. Yeah. Tiao Lao from the Bullet Club. That Having Bullet Club in AEW, that was the forbidden and there is Bullet Club representation, which is really interesting because there is Bullet Club representation in Impact, but there's also a relationship with New Japan and AEW. So I don't know. A lot of weird dynamics happening right here. But we would be remiss, Vladdy Daddy. Yes, well, sir. What, well, back. well, what do you think of Mickey James? Before we finish, what do you think of Mickey James's Royal Rumble appearance? <laughs> um... You know, it's it's probably a little bit of like um, how can I put this? <sighs> She's probably getting a a moment here to uh, reinvent how she lo- left on that that sort of negative news. Here she was let go, and then it gets released on how she was let go. So here she can return, have a positive moment. She's a Hall of Famer for sure. So. She's just going along with it. And her current promoter is more than fine with her getting that free publicity, as you mentioned. So what better person to do it who's somebody who's, you know, accustomed to the way things are done there? She's going to put on a good show. I mean, honestly, they should push her towards the bottom to the end, uh, you know, to the last five even. Make it seem like there's a chance she might be able to win. I wouldn't mind five. I don't, I th- I don't think she's, depending on when she comes in, I don't know if she's going to last till that the the nitty-gritty, as Gorilla Monsoon used to call it. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Anytime it was turned into Royal Rumble, Gorilla Monsoon would always say, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I don't think she'll be in the nitty-gritty, which is like six left. It would be great. It would also be great if they gave her airtime to post their grievances. But who knows? I don't know if WWE is going to let them do that. Let her do that. And I, and I don't think... You didn't give us health insurance. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> uh, w, but uh, that's kind of going that. But we have to mention this. So Impact had this pay-per-view scheduled for a week, for you know months. Everyone knew it. Yeah. And had a great uh, X Division women's match, to late, late, my ladder match to lead it off. And it really a great match, a great night of wrestling for Impact Wrestling. John Gresham uh, showed up as well from Ring of Honor. Who retired as who you know is the current Ring of Honor champion. And anyway, long story short, Tony Khan comes up with this idea a couple weeks ago. Let's do Battle of the Belts. And he runs this Battle of the Belts directly against Impact's pay-per-view. And I don't know if it impacted their wrestling buys. I don't know. I think we're gonna know until tomorrow. But with this Nikki James stuff happening, oh, we have to come out and say it. We have to say this, at least my opinion here. It looked like Tony Khan went out of his way to fuck Impact right here. Similar as I said, when and I went off on Vince McMahon for trying to fuck over a part of my language, but a to screw over AEW with that last half hour with SmackDown when they went up against AEW Rampage. And by the way, Rampage actually beat him in the demo. We are tied in the demo, which is the ironic part. But Tony Khan seemed like watch your wrestling flew out the door here as he puts a random, really not a lot going on event called the battle of the belts on Saturday night. 
And the card wasn't even that great to begin with either. I think Tony did this on purpose. It's too much of a coincidence. All this stuff with Impact Wrestling happening, Mickey James happening, that's too much of a coincidence. Is Tony Khan becoming a ruthless son of a bitch right before our eyes? Maybe. I mean, you really, you're, you're passionate about like him not, he shouldn't do something like this, you're saying? Well, no, what I'm saying is, is that he cried foul when WWE did it. Uh, we killed WWE for doing the same exact thing. I think we would be hypocritical if we didn't call Tony for doing it, call Tony for doing that right now. At least I feel like I would. I agree, Unless I agree he didn't do it intentionally. But if he did this intentionally to screw Impact Wrestling for really a no-nothing event, just to do it, just to fuck with him, maybe cost him some money, I think it's a scumbag move. Yeah, I do. Sorry. Sorry, Twitter. Sorry, Twitter. You're going to kill me for the Tony Khan criticism. <laughs> Not being a black woman at all. Or Brian Cage. That's the list There's of people. One. That's the list of people who don't like Tony Khan. Yeah. I'm kidding. So you're, you're borderline, you're borderline number three. Well, so you seem like you're going to be an a Tony Khan apologist in this situation. Go ahead. Let me get your take on it. You heard mine. What are your feelings um, on Tony Khan putting his show up against impact? At the end of the day, it's business. If he can hurt his, you know, his rival, his competition, it's what he's doing. But weren't you critical of WWE doing the same exact thing to them? I might have just been agreeing with you. All right. Well, you know, well, at least we know. Yeah. And I understand it. Anything to shut me the hell up, right? I mean, I, get I might, I might change my opinion tomorrow. Don't hold me to anything. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was too much of a coincidence. I think Tony did it on purpose. And if you're saying you kind of agree with he probably did it too, yeah. but it's okay. Well, it's fine. But then when WWE does that, we can't be, you can't be critical, right? And, and that's just, not just you. I don't mean you specifically, but anyone in general. If you're an AEW homer and you're a guy who killed WWE, which I did, I was I was angry. This I'm like whatever, fuck right. kind of. I don't really care. You're salty. I was real salty. I real salty, and, and one of my most impassioned speeches about uh, probably ever. I think I did a, a a moment in a valley, basically saying Vince tried to f him in the A, in which he did try and he backfired. And by the way, I don't think it's going to hurt Impact that much either because of all of the spice and glitz and glamour about Mickey James. Mickey James was never headlining that pay-per-view until she got called in for the Royal Rumble. That's when she was going to be the main event of that pay-per-view. No. No one is convincing me Mickey James is headlining that pay-per-view and winning the match unless this happened with WWE. So that was something that people reacted to that she basically went over on Deanna Perrazzo specifically because she got the call to be in the Royal Rumble, which definitely is the case. So there's a lot of dirty things happening right here. Not just AEW, but hey, at the end of the day, everyone's doing business, I guess. <clears throat> right. But again, I, I don't want to have that on my conscience that I killed WWE. I don't want some jerk off on the internet being like, oh, hell, it's okay for, 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 Vin, for Tony to do it, but if Vince doesn't, eh. you know, that, I, I don't want that. I want everyone to know that we're consistent here. And I just thought it was a bad move. I thought I think Tony's 
Tony, I'll tell you what, Tony has not impressed me the last couple of weeks. It's probably the most critical I, I could be overall about him as the way he's handled himself and uh, his business practices. Just as simple. This is the most critical you've been of him since the uh, uh, exploding match and the Jericho fall. Oh, and I don't blame him for any of that. That's the funny part. I didn't blame him for the. the it, it just. But as a show. The ideas were great, they were performed mm-hmm. terribly. True. The ideas were, I, I don't mind you going after, look, I don't mind you going for this grandiose so this is more big of a Tony explosion. Personal. Yeah, this one is, he's making decisions that I didn't think that's who he was. Because that's what he said. I mean, he trademarked Watch Your Wrestling, W-I-W. He trademarked it, Watch Your Wrestling. Well, Watch Your Wrestling, except for those guys. Screw them. Here's Battle of the Belts. And here's Sammy well, Gamar and Dustin Rose for some stupid reason. Yeah, that, that one I'm still shaking my head on. They did bring it back in. They, they even mentioned that Dustin Rhodes had wrestled and performed in that building several times, actually performed and wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin at the time, stunning Steve Austin for the, for the world or for the U.S. championship. So there was a history there to get Dustin involved, but you could have done it a different way. And I, we, like we talked earlier, we already, we already talked about that. Just a weird thing, but I, Again, I think Tony did this on purpose, and I don't know if if it if it was a good business move in terms of being a decent human being. Especially, I think it's a little hypocritical. All right, now I get you, man. At me, Tony. HSCP Wrestling at HSCP Wrestling. Yeah, Come on, Tony. I'd like to get him in for an interview. Further, I'd love to get him in for an interview, and I could definitely do a better job than that wrestling guy. Yeah, definitely. We'd be worlds more entertaining. Oh, one other thing Tony mentioned on, on uh, with that wrestling guy is beach break in the middle of January. Yes, Cleveland, where? Ohio. Because you think of beaches when you think of Cleveland. So, unbelievably, so in the middle of it, it just doesn't make sense. And he buys what he said. They have great beaches. You can't go to them in January, though. I just have it make sense, Tony. Have beach break when you have a, one of your twenty Florida shows a year. Come on, yeah, it's more it's more appropriate in Daly's place. Well, you could do Daytona. You could do you. You could even do what's South Carolina? What, what's that nice one? Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, yeah. You could do. There's a ton of different locations you could do where it makes sense. Cleveland, which honestly is the butt of, I would say it's one of the two or three cities, which is a random butt of every joke of worst cities in America. Cleveland. Hey, that's a blue blue collar city. It's Americana at its best. You can't shit on Cleveland. I just did. I, I look, I don't shit. I've never been to Cleveland. I could be the best city in the world. I'm just telling you, people don't say, hey, cool, Cleveland, let's go. Cleveland is, it's like Detroit. There's Cleveland, Detroit. Those are the two ones that people are like, yeah, it's kind of a shit, shithole. Right? Am I right there? <laughs> no, it's, it's not that it's a shithole. I think it's because it's like not much happening there. Like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. The, the Cleveland Browns are there. The Cleveland uh, Guardians, as they're called now. Um, what? Wait, who? The, the, the Cleveland Indians became the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, good for them. 
and you have the Cavaliers. So, like, really, sports-wise, would it have, not, would it so, be, would not it, really happening. Would it have been easier if they actually just were Indians from India? They just became, oh, no. And they just were just they actually became actual Indians, the actual word Indians, pro- pro- properly, and just people doing Bollywood songs. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Great Kali is their, is their mascot. Ah, absolutely. I mean, Virginia Mahal. Veer, maybe, just maybe, and that's where Veer is. It could be there. He could be there. Veer Shank, what's his name? I've seen the guy wrestle. It's not like, he's not good. I don't understand all he, the, the hubbub, hubbub over this guy. He's coming longer than Ron Jeremy on cocaine. Wow. Does that one work? Does that one work? I'm not sure. Oh, come on. Come on, standards. Come on, S&P. <laughs> that one works. You let me know. We'll sleep on it. It's a Ron Jeremy joke. They can play now, and it's him orgasming. It's nothing against anybody else. Why would that not play? Uh, he's a rapist. He's on trial for rape right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you can take that one out. All right. He looks like shit, too. Ron Jeremy off. (laughs) I did not know that. Yeah. All these women came out of the woodwork. They're like, yeah, Ron Jeremy. Why would you need to rape anybody? You're a goddamn porno star with a Ric Flairian penis. He could do a helicopter. Yeah, okay. So Ron Jeremy jokes... Uh, coming long will not work, even though we might have turned it into something that might be inter- entertaining, actually, now that we know why it, my reaction to him. <laughs> That's why it didn't work. Like, oh, note to self. Don't, no don't Hitler jokes. No Ron Jeremy. No murder. No murdering professional wrestler jokes. No Ron Jeremy jokes. And no Indian jokes now either. So we're yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to roll <laughs> back in. So I think we got almost everything we needed to get out of the way here in the show. What a great show this has been, Paylor. Oh, I'm sorry. Body Dottie. We forgot. The That's imp- right. The impaler is going to make his triumphant triumphant return to our website, hscpwrestling.com again, hscpwrestling.com. And the impaler, do we know what his first Im- impaling will be? Would that be the right word? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. You were all over the place. Am I Vladdy Dottie? Am I Impaler? Am I Impaler? No, 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 no. no. You're not. You're Vladdy Dottie. You know this. The Impaler, you talk to, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. He will have his, uh, I, I don't know how often, but at least at the very least, weekly write up where he's going to be spitting us on, on specific facts. Anything that comes to his brain, he has been uh, really putting on you great know what's work. what's been suggested to me? What? By none other than the Love Cannon, actually reached out to the Impaler. Talk about penis. And he asked, and he, besides that, also brought up. It was a meme stating that Baron Corbin has the end of days finisher, and no one has ever kicked out of it. And this bothered him, and he said, "This needs to be a topic on high spots and cheap pops." Did we do enough research on it, though? 
Um, I've seen enough memes that I'll uh, I'll say it's probably true. Because this is getting this is getting some steam here. All right. Well, we got to find out. The only matches that would have been, we'd have to. I I don't want to give it time unless I know for a fact. Okay. Um. So we would have to look at the pay per views that he headlined with maybe Roman because he only the only time people kick out of finishers is pardon the only time people kick out of finishers is if they're part of a they're part of a main event, right? Yeah. So how often did he did he? Face each other in a main. Did they did he face somebody in a main event? Because there's probably a lot of mid carters who had their finishers that no one ever kicked out of. If you think about it, has anyone ever kicked out of the Huluva kick? Yeah, I would say who? so. Who? I don't know. There's no. It's not like it's not like the most impressive move where it's like, oh, he nailed it. Nobody's. In, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen people kick kick out of it. Yeah, but if I started a meme and then five other people shared it, and then seven other people shared, it, and then twenty other people shared, it. I get, I get, what, I get what you're saying. Uh, well, let's I'll find out. I'll see. You know what? Maybe I'll see who who sort who basically. Maybe there's a um, someone takes credit for the meme, and we could quote them. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think he challenged Drew McIntyre a few times. Hmm. I mean, it, it, honestly, I don't. I don't have faith in the internet these days that someone will make a meme and didn't really do their proper research. I have no doubt the person who did it does, does believe that. He's like, I never saw it, and it could go crazy. But then again, someone would have probably found that out by now. Someone would have probably have found it, right? You would think Pat McAfee would mention that at no no end. Do you know no one's ever kicked out of the end of days? It can destroy COVID. He dropped the end of days exactly on COVID. But yeah, that's something I'll look further into. I won't waste your time in you know in terms of editing and all that stuff. But let me put it this way. One thing I'll tell you right off the bat, if it is true, here's what bothers me about it. Oh, man. Like, here's a for instance I'll use. Kevin Owens. He was always using the power bomb, right, as his finisher. But then eventually he started using the Stone Cold Stunner. And Stone Cold sort of handed it off to him, too. I think they officially acknowledged it, right? Okay. And how many times has Kevin Owens used that stunner and people are kicking out of that thing left and right? A bunch. I mean, he, he faced Roman Reigns for like a month and Roman Reigns keep at it all the time. Yeah, I was like, what the hell, man? I'm like, and then, but Baron Baron Corbin, yeah, like, if this is true, like, why and why is he being so protected? And what does he know about people that work there? I've got to be honest with you. I think it's not really about being protected. I just think it was a situation that he never was in a big enough match to where someone would kick out of it. Now, I think if he ever gets into that big match, like a main, a main event WrestleMania, what have you, Maybe. I don't think it was anything. I don't think they did it intentionally. I don't think we got to protect his finisher. I just don't think he was ever in a, uh, enough main events to where it became an issue. But why does that have to be a main event? Why can't it be a second match on SmackDown? No one kicks out on a sound of finisher in second match on SmackDown. Come on. No one kicks out of that match, shit then. If, 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 you're, if you're dropping in the match, you would. 
Look, Baron Corbin, he's got the gun. You know, Vince loves him. I really want I, I you so you think it's intentional that they said we gotta make sure no one ever kicks out of the end of days. You really think Vince is protecting that finisher? I don't I don't I, I, I think it's a coincidence. I don't know what to think, man. I'm not, all I know is if this this is true, this is one of the biggest tragedies in wrestling history. I think it could very well be true. If I if I had to guess, I think it is true. You want my truth, honest God, truth. But I, I like again, it just it's just one of those things. He hasn't been in enough main events to kick out anybody's finishers. We have to go to pay-per-view main events. I know he challenged Roman, I think, once. Other than that, you don't see a lot of mid-carters kicking out of out of finishers, typically, right? Not a lot. I mean, obviously, you brought up maybe a specific match, a big match, maybe with a Big E or, or Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. But typically, your mid-carters aren't going to have either ones. Their matches aren't getting the finishers kicked. So, wait, like, what would you what would you consider um, like Dolph Ziggler's finisher? The zigzag or, like, the famouser type thing? He's had three finishers. None of them are impressive. <laughs> he had the super kick, which, remember, his super kick was the finisher for a hot second? Yeah. All of a sudden, he's but I mean, Michaels again. But people kick out of his finishers, and he's always on the mid card. His finishers aren't protect. All right, all right. Well, all right. I'm, it's, I'm not saying that. Yeah. All right, yeah. His, but he doesn't have a de- definitive finisher though. He's got a zigzag where he finished people off. Then that and wasn't Dolph, his finisher. And, and it was and Dolph Ziggler was Dolph Ziggler was a world champ. Well, it was Baron Corbin. Yeah, I mean. But Ziggler has been in the main event a lot, um, a lot more than him. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, I I don't think it was intentional. If it is, if it is true, I just I don't. I just don't think that he's. You don't think a, you don't think Vince is that evil? I don't think it's. I, mean, I don't. I just don't think it made sense ever for them. And you have anyone kick out of the end of days? But we're gonna find out. We're gonna go to the main events that he's been in. The times he's challenged for a world championship, which happened a couple different times on network television. And we're going to find out if this meme is, is correct, but <laughs> I'm not going to get all upset about, I, I, you know what? Baron Corbin not being part of my weekly life is something that I can really appreciate. I did not watch the Baron Corbin, happy, the happy Corbin, the happy talk up moment. Um, sorry. Completely. No. I'm not. I'm not giving Baron Corbin unless he's part of a major storyline that I'm interested in. I am not giving that mother. I'm not giving him any time. I refuse to. And if he has the most protected finisher in, in in WWE right now, even the fact that it is a coincidence, it's a disaster because he's he is a great sports entertainer, but as a professional wrestler, he has been and always will be the absolute drizzling shits. He doesn't entertain me. He just annoys. Me. So, I'm not watching him He's anymore. Mid. And I don't even know if I want to go back and do any research on this piece of trash. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I'm going to jerk off this research. <laughs> it's bad enough I'm watching live Monday Night Raws, which I'll tell you, I did the first time because I'm getting into the habit, folks. If you don't know, HSCPWrestling.com launching this month in a couple of weeks. We are shooting for January 21st. That's what we're thinking. But I have to get in the habit because I'm going to be covering every live televised wrestling event live. And I'm going to be putting up updates on a blog on the Internet. And I'm also going to be having news reports about it. So I'm getting in the swing of things. 
And damn, I got to be honest, WWE's been putting out some good stuff. I mean, they opened Monday Night Raw with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. So I'm really getting excited about some of the things WWE is doing. That being said, I am never going to watch a Baron Corbin second. You're not going to make me. If you want to report on Baron Corbin, go to Wrestle Talk. And then they'll just shit on it for five for, for 30 seconds. And it'll be the same thing over and over again. I don't want to do that to you. I respect your opinion too much as, a, as listeners. You know he sucks or you wouldn't be listening to this show. We don't have to tell you how bad Baron Corbin is. We know. End of days never kicked out. That is bullshit. I am pissed. You got me fired up now. It's not the one-winged angel. Yeah, this rant in this segment might actually land us a Baron Corbin interview. Well, he blocked me on Twitter a while ago. Ah, uh, see, that's sad. Well, I was a toxic member of the IWC. I told him that you are the worst wrestler I've ever seen, and I hate you. <laughs> Hashtag honesty, dickhead. <laughs> And he didn't want to be friends with you. So we're going to find out. So here's what we're going to do, folks. We're not going to do it right now because we want to. We don't want to pause the show. Yeah. We want to keep this. We got a good flow to the show. We've gone almost two hours, 100 percent straight, just for your listening pleasure. And I got to be honest with you, I will take my time the next two days and find out if anyone ever kicked out of this finisher because if this is the respected finisher that the one in, the one winged angel is in AEW we have yet another reason <laughs> why Barry Corbin is the biggest cancer in wrestling history he makes me like oh think the Miz is good <laughs> who would you who would you root for in uh, a world like a wrestlemania Miz. main event Miz versus Baron Corbin. Miz. Yeah, Miz, all right? Day. Yeah. Miz all day, every day. I don't like the Miz, but I respect his hustle. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He, he is a shitty wrestler, though. That that Edge match was not very good. How do you, how do you have a disinteresting match with Edge? He works safe. That's what they always say. He does work safe and boring. Uh that that feud is exactly what I thought it was going to. There is, I mean, they brought Homegirl back, and they're going to wrestle at Royal Rumble. But Edge it's is now the grit. Runner. It's the grit versus the it couple. Oh well, she has really us. Uh, she has. Uh, I'm forgetting her name. The Amazon. Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. Well, Beth Phoenix has now gritty. Almost Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome dreadlocks. So that's why she's gritty. Go. That's why they're gritty. They're gritty. He was in the brood, and she looks like she was in Mad Max. Yeah, it's 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 this storyline has not gone anywhere and it's going nowhere fast. This little Beth Phoenix splash is fine, but it's not gonna carry this into any interest of anybody. And this this has been a waste of time on television. It really has been, folks. The promos have been generic and also ripping off what MJ... The, the problem is they went toe-to-toe with MJF and CM Punk. They bit. Their entire first segment was a complete rip-off of what CM Punk and MJF did. And they just aren't nearly as good. And they're going toe-to-toe with them. Hopefully the storyline's dead and buried by Royal Rumble. We don't have to worry about it anymore, but... I don't know. Yeah. 
<sighs> Good job, Edge. Mid Carter Edge. Mid Carter Copeland. Mid Carter Copeland. Good job. You sports entertainer, you. You great sports entertainer, Edge. I hope it was worth it. I hope putting him in is over was worth it, pal. Who do you think was the better brood, Edge and Christian or uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy? Oh, Edge and Christian, definitely. They were the ones that were in the uh, – they, they wound up being in the corporate ministry. They were the ones that helped hang the big boss man out in effigy. That's true. He had it coming. No one ever talks about that as a classic Undertaker match. <laughs> the Undertaker, you, know, you can say what you want about the Undertaker's greatest matches at, the, at WrestleMania, but out of those 25, 26 matches, there were some stinkers in there, too. A couple clunkers, right? A couple clunkers. Like that King Kong Bundy one wasn't that great. He beat Bundy, WrestleMania 11. Then, of course, he took WrestleMania 10 up, but WrestleMania 9, L, the giant Gonzalez. With the chloroform? Wow. Weren't you at one of them? I didn't go, I went to WrestleMania five. That was a little bit about two years before the Undertaker's okay, first the Undertaker's first WrestleMania is WrestleMania seven against the acquitted Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Well, he wasn't acquitted yet. He wasn't even brought up on charge yeah, yet. Yeah. They were out there. And by the way, I live four miles away from where that murder took place. Do you ever drive by it? My friend, I had a friend, God bless him, the Wiz. Give him a little shout out. He's not really on social media anymore. Anyways, he went into some rough times and he actually lived there for like three months during COVID. Well, the wow. beginning, when it was real COVID. <laughs> Got that one out there. The, the first real scary one, not not the, the, not the second one, which is scary, but not quite as scary. And then this third one, which is kind of scary, I guess. Not as scary as the other one, though. You know, I think everyone's a little more over it now. Yeah. If they die, they die, I guess. The way they look at it. A lot of people are like, ah! But uh, he lived there. So, yeah, I've been there. It's not probably not the place I'd want to live. Or Easy. die. <laughs> On that beautiful note. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we might have to cut the whole Snooker thing. I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> God bless him. The very first Undertaker victim. And then AJ Styles will be the very last. Yeah. New Legends bookended his WrestleMania career. It's very true. What are some other shitty matches he had? Mm. I mean that you Roman Reigns that Roman Reigns one was dog shit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Another great Roman Reigns main event, by the way, everybody. He's the needle mover. The guy has two of the worst main events in wrestling in WrestleMania history. I don't know. You know what? That Baron Corbin thing got me in a shitty mood. I was all positive about WWE. Now I'm shitting all over it. Yeah, like they suck again. <laughs> UWWE. Well, you had me talking about Baron Corbin and the Miz, which you think was going to happen, and then we're bringing up Jimmy Stuck and murdering people, which he didn't do legally. Well, he can't sue us; he's dead now. I'm, so does, does that matter? Tamina will be pissed though. 
he was allegedly, but he was acquitted of all things, as we know. So Jimmy Snook is not a murderer that we know of. S&P, he was, he was good there, right? What's up? Well, he was acquitted. Was he? Really? Okay, I thought he was found guilty. No, acquitted. He, and he, they didn't have enough to prosecute him. DNA testing 20-something years later. Now, it wasn't enough to prosecute him. Yeah. However, people in the inner circle said the trial did weigh a lot on him and contributed to his exceedingly worse health as it got older, and he was dead within a year of the trial. So, Yeah, I remember, yeah. That was close afterward. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the way to wrap so this the show up. up. The show's off the rails. We agree. Well, you brought the Baron Corbin. You brought Jay, the, the, you brought the Love Cannon up and Baron Corbin. And here we are. But hey, if you got through this entire show and listening to this part, God bless you. We love you for that. And to let us know. Hit us at, hit me up at, at HSCP Wrestling, Steve Valley, and we're gonna have emails. We're gonna have websites to go to. Send we are all, getting send all send all the feet pictures you can to that address, man. Woman, whatever. No men, no no men. Not because I'm not, not you know whatever. It's just because I don't like men's feet. They're hairy and big and gross. Hmm. Not manicured well. Probably not. All right. Well, enough of this conversation too. Uh, <laughs> what else do we got here in WWE W Land? We talked about a lot of things today. What else do we got going on that you're looking forward to? Something that we might have missed. Anything that yeah, we, we might miss that we man. need to get in. Now nah, we hit it all, man. We hit it all. Meaning Silicon Steve Valley and Vladi Dottie, we are going to continue to bring you weekly wrestling talk. The wrestling news organization, as known as High Spots and Cheap Hops, is going to be launching within weeks. It's going to be a game changer. We don't know where it's going. We're going to have fun doing it for you guys. And I've had a great time today. Vladi Dottie. Thank you so much for coming. There it is. The party. Daddy, daddy. He liked. There we go. You got to love it. Uh, we do have, we do have, though, a little one, one other tidbit. Silicon Steve Alley has a one match lead because RK Bro, with help from some rap group I've never heard of, beats. I don't even forget who they even wrestled. Oh, yes, the Street Poppets. They were you're holding me on. You're holding me on to this show just to go and gloat about a one one match lead. We have oh to update, God. we have to update the high popping community, pal. So the Send purple nurple, the purple nurple is that much closer to coming back home right around this beautiful sexy waist. As RK Bro does not let me down. You silly goose, you pick Street Profits. And quite frankly, I wanted to pick the Usos, but I went with you on the new day like an idiot. I should be up 2 0, but. But you're not. I picked, and off, but I did pick Deanna Perrazzo on an impact, so I didn't get that one right. I'm just kidding. We didn't do the impact. We don't do the impact paper. Thanks, folks. All right, well, that's all we got here. Thank you so much for listening to us. Check us out on YouTube. Please hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. And, of course, you can hit us at HSCP Wrestling on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook, High Spots and Cheap Pops. Until our website is up, we're going to have write-ups from the Impaler. 
And we're going to continue to keep on producing content for you, but our launch is in two weeks, and that's when the game changes. So thank you so much for everybody for tuning in, tuning in here to High Spots and G-Pops. Lottie Dottie, I love you. Great job on the other side. And this is Silicon, and this is Silicon Sea Valley. We'll see you later on High Spots and G-Pops.